Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. I'm your host, Andy Grant. If this is your first time joining us, Real Men Feel is all about giving a place for men to feel and express all of their emotions. Whatever that emotion may be, you are welcome to feel it, and this is a place to feel it, and this is a place to discover guys, to prove that you can feel it because they're feeling it too. Cool? Cool. You can learn more about us at realmenfeel.org. As always, with me today is my co-host, Apio Hunter. Hey, Andy. How are you doing today, Apio? Fantastic. And you've had some recent moves in your life. It. Yeah, you're ready to go. You're actually gonna, we've got you for the show, unlike last week. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be dropping off like I did last week. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, and uh, this this is a weekly program. We're live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. We normally go for about 30 minutes. If you join us live, you're welcome to join in with comments and questions. Um, you don't have to be a man to join us. We plenty have plenty of time to have women viewers and guests. Um, today, our guest it definitely is a man. In fact, he represents the Mankind Project. With us is the Director of Communications and Marketing, Boysen Hodgson. Hello, hey. Boysen. How are you today? You. I am doing, I'm doing all right today. Thank you very much for inviting me onto the show. Really looking forward to it. When, when Apio and I first talked about doing this show, you know, some of the names are out there of different groups. We're, we, we'd certainly heard of the Mankind Project, but neither of us knew much about it. Um, so let's start there. What, what the hell is the Mankind Project? What the hell indeed. Uh, the Mankind Project as a what? The Mankind Project is a, a global brotherhood of nonprofit organizations. So uh, we started in the United States, but now we are in 10 regions around the world uh, covering 14, 15, 16 countries. Um, we run training programs in, I think, in 10 countries or 11 countries um, around the world. And uh, we're an organization that does three things. So we run uh, highly experiential, intensive training programs for men. We support a global network of peer-facilitated men's groups. Um, right now in the United States, we have about 700 men's groups across the country, supporting about 10,000 men every week uh, in circles. And um, the third thing that we do is uh, we empower and support uh, men in missions of service. So guys who come to the Mankind Project to go through our training programs or come to our men's groups, one of the things that we focus on a lot is a personal sense of empowered mission in the world. Who are you? What are your gifts? What are you here to do? And let's help you make that. Let's support you and challenge you to make that happen. So that has resulted in um, well over a hundred different organizations, training programs, um, missions of service ranging from, you know, uh, homelessness awareness, uh, helping domestic violence uh, survivors with their pets, uh, working with incarcerated men in prisons, working with young boys or young girls on rites of passage programs, working with veterans to heal PTSD, working with uh, Native American folks on the reservation in Pine Ridge, South Dakota, like just across the board, guys have, have created amazing uh, impact in the world out of their inspiration. And, and so when and where, how did it start? Cool. So back in the day, back in the day of uh, Robert Bly and um, the early men's movement and Michael Mead and a lot of those guys who were, who were often referred to as the mythopoets, the mythopoetic men's movement, there was a small group, three guys in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 
uh, Bill Kauf, who was a, a self-proclaimed feminist therapist, Ron Herring, who was a curriculum studies professor and a psych professor, and uh, Rich Tosi, who was an ex-Marine and an engineer at uh, General Motors, um, had been doing some personal development work together, had been kind of bumping, bumping into each other around, and Bill tells the story of being at a conference, a feminist therapy conference, and he found himself in a room like being one or one or two men in a hundred women and looking around at, and this was, you know, like at the height of uh, the kind of second wave feminism. So, and what he saw was women who were challenging each other, women who were supporting the hell out of each other, women who were standing in powerful, standing in their power. And he looked around at the men he knew and a lot of the men he knew, and it was like, damn it, we need something for the men. And that's kind of how he says it. You know, it's his fist to the fist to the heavens um, and discovered that, you know, the finger pointing out and the three fingers pointing back. Um, and he got together with these two other guys and said, we got to do something for the men. We need something for the men. And they were all familiar with uh, some of the work that was going, out at the, going on at the time. They had all been connected to men's groups. And they sat down and over, the, over a period of time in 1984, designed what was first called the Wild Man Weekend, and, uh, which has since become the New Warrior Training Adventure, um, which we, uh, over 60,000 men have now participated in the New Warrior Training Adventure. Uh, since our since our beginnings, um, and the NWTA, though they didn't know it at the time, they designed. Uh, they just started gathering tools. They just started to, like this would be really cool. Let's pull in some of this stuff and let's. What do we need here? What do we need to do here? And they put this thing together. That is a highly protocoled, intense uh, psychodrama from Friday to Sunday. Um, it's just process after process after process, um, kind of calling to as many of the aspects of what it means to be a man as they could pull in in that period of time. Um, and they launched it in 1985 as the Wild Man Weekend, and it kind of blew up. So it started in Milwaukee, and, um, and men's groups, there were lots of men's groups around, around, and men's groups started going, you got to do this thing. You just got to go do this thing. You got to get, you got to, you got to experience this. You got to go do this thing. And that's, that's how we started. And uh, it very quickly, guys, you know, we started in Milwaukee and moved to Chicago and moved down here and jumped down to Houston and moved to, da -da -da, moved to upstate New York, Rochester. And, you know, it just started blowing up across the country. And men who came out of the new warrior training said, I want to integrate. I want to figure out, like, first of all, what the fuck just happened to me? Who am I now on the other side of this experience? And how can I get with and stay with other men to stay connected to this, this uh, sense of growth that I've experienced, this sense of transformation? And they started forming men's groups. Founders had no intention for that. That was just like, what happened? These guys started forming men's groups. They're now called integration groups. If you go through the new warrior training and join a men's group, you go through a, a primary integration training to kind of begin integrating all the aspects of this. And then those groups are now ongoing. So there are, there are MKP groups that have been going continuously 
for 25 years, wow. you know, since the new warrior training, I've been in a men's group now for uh, over 12 years. I've, I've uh, been in three different groups since I did the new warrior training. Uh, this one that I'm in has been going for eight years. Um, co-founded it with some other guys. So that's kind of the humble beginnings. Wow. And it does sound very, so it's very organic. It was not some master plan of weekends all around the globe and, no, there was never, that was never, um, yeah, they were shocked. They were shocked. Uh, the two living founders, Bill and Rich, are still connected to the organization. They're still uh, ex officio board members, so they have no vote. They have no control over the organization, um, but they're still kind of around as visionaries at large and, and kind of to watch how the, how the process continues to unfold, but it's been based on men's passions. So, you know, I have connections in UK, boom, MKP starts in the UK. I have connections in France, boom, MKP starts in France. And that's how it, so we jumped to Canada, the United Kingdom, and now Ireland, uh, then into France, French-speaking Europe, German-speaking Europe, Belgium, Switzerland, uh, Nordic MKP, uh, down to South Africa. So there's three different centers in South Africa. We have four different centers in Australia, New Zealand, now in Singapore, now in Mexico, starting in Costa Rica. And it's all based on this kind of men's passions to engage with other men and get fucking real. <laughs> I love how you put that, get fucking real, because that really is what it is about. You know, let's, let's get real as human beings, not just as men, yeah. but as human beings as well. Yeah. So, I'm curious about one thing as far as you know, these groups, as they, since they've grown organically, is, is there like a, a structure that the parent organization has to give them to, for instance, to facilitate the meetings? Is there any type of like facilitated training that people have to go through or anything in order to be, if they want to start up a group? Yeah. If, um, so integration groups, um, there are, after you do the new warrior training adventure, there are several pathways to take in terms of ongoing training. So there's an entire leadership track. If you want to, if you go to the new warrior training adventure and say, I want to do what those guys are doing, there's a whole leader track that takes, you know, three to five years to go down through the trainings, mentoring, uh, pure hot seats, like all of those kinds of things. There's an, a facilitation track for integration groups. So starting with the primary integration training, iGroup facilitator training, iGroup leadership training, um, and there are lots of additional like, you know, facilitate process facilitation trainings, multicultural trainings and diversity, the kind of diversity training. Um, there's stuff for men and women getting together. There's, you know, there's all kinds of other stuff, but yes, there is structure. And if you go to an iGroup, the, and a framework around the I group is, you know, resonates with uh, some of our roots. So we have a roots in kind of Jungian archetypal psychology. We have roots in kind of nonviolent communication and those kind of frameworks. We have roots in Joseph Campbell and kind of archetypal stuff. We have roots in uh, in Gestalt work and psychodrama. So. Every, all of those things combine, and if I go to an iGroup here in my town, or if I go to an iGroup in New South Wales, they're going to be very similar. 
there's going to be that vibe, that feeling that is a mankind project group. But the pathway into any group, everyone goes to this, <laughs> this shared experience of the weekend warrior training first. That's really cool. Um, not necessarily these days. So one of the things that we have, you know, in the eighties, in the eighties and even in the nineties, there was this sense of, you know, secret male society that kind of was connected to MKP and, and we took lots of shit because of that. Mm -hmm. um, and now like more and more across the country, my group that I meet with where we are just a group of MKP guys twice a month. And then we are an, a completely open peer facilitated men's group the other two weeks a month. So any man could come sit in our group. Um, we're not going to sell at him. We're not going to proselytize. We're not going to do that. We are going to create a space for him to do his personal work um, facilitated by MKP guys. So more and more opportunities now for men all over the place to go and visit an MKP group sit with a group of these guys, get the felt experience of what it's like to be in circle with other men and to feel, yes, real men feel, nodding to the show, um, feel what it's like to be with other guys and to, and to challenge yourself to experience those places that you might not share um, and tell those truths that you might not tell and hold yourself accountable in a way that, in a way that men, um, let's just say our culture doesn't encourage or support men uh, to really get, as we said, honest with each other in difficult ways. Awesome. So is, is the weekend, you know, is it kind of similar to like a, a boot camp environment where you, you strip people down and drop the masks and then kind of build them back up? Or is it a little more pleasant than that, harsher than that? Or? You know, every man's experience is different. And uh, so I'll speak from my experience. I went into the weekend after having said no to doing it for seven and a half years. I was like, screw you, I want nothing to do with that. Um, you know, meanwhile, that thing, that flutter, that call, can you hear the call? Can you hear the call deep down in your belly? It's a really soft voice and it says, this scares the hell out of you. Maybe you should do it. Um, I kept hearing that call and you know, Friday nights, Friday night was a little rough. Friday night was a little rough and, and it's intentional. The, the idea I said, Joseph Campbell, the idea of a hero's journey of a rite of passage is built into this. And the first step in a rite of passage is kind of being abruptly separated from what you're used to. Um, and Friday night on the New Warrior Training Adventure definitely has the feeling of abruptly being separated from the, the real world, the normal world, the world out there, and into something where you're like, oh, we are most definitely not in Worcester, Massachusetts anymore. You know, we are most definitely not in Kansas anymore. Um, and then the whole weekend, so that's the separation, and it goes through the arc of of a hero's journey, the separation, the descent, the road of trials. So, you know, the, the Friday night into Saturday experience is like, we're going to ask men to like really go deep, really take a hard look, take a hard look at your choices, take a hard look at integrity in your life. How do you line up? 
how does the how do your words and your actions and how you show up in the world line up for you and what are the impacts the conscious and unconscious impacts of the choices that you make what is the setup that you've done in your life how have you set yourself up to be where you are right now at this crossroads and what is it to be a man like asking those questions so kind of the as i said so jam-packed weekend um group experiences what's my experience of myself as a leader or not what is my experience of myself in play with other men or not you know how do i experience myself as a man in the company of other men as a man among men that's a very commonly heard thing in mkp as a man among men um, Saturday is, you know, if you're on the hero's journey, there's an ordeal. You got to fight the dragon. And the dragon for the new warrior training adventure is a very personal piece of work. We ask men to get out of their fucking heads and get into their bodies and get into their hearts and make the connection between, you know, the stories I've been telling myself or the things that happened to me. A long time ago and how those are informing my life and then do a really active piece of work that is my work my carpet work my guts um, with other men again in this container and then you know after you've battled the dragon and won what do you do you celebrate so Saturday night is like into a celebration is into this this visionary process of okay now that I know I'm capable of doing something that I didn't believe I was capable of doing and I'm speaking like my personal experience was I had no idea I was capable of that much power I had no idea I was capable of getting that far out of my comfort zone with men you know what, it's interesting you should say that because Dale Carnegie is famous for his quote, most of us have far more power than, ever, than we ever thought we had. And that's it, right? And in order to get to that place, I needed to be separated from my environment. I needed to get out of my head. I needed to get into my body. And once I experienced that, like that sense of, that sense of power, I have, my weekend was 12 years ago. I still have visceral body felt experience that I can call on from that weekend, you know, of what it was like to be there. Yeah. That is the best training, the best, you know, experiential. That's what you can trust. You can't, if you read in a book, you yeah. hear someone saying a lecture, but what you experienced lasts forever. And I read all the books. <laughs> I read all the books. You know, that's why you kept saying no to the experience. <laughs> that's that's that is part of it. You know, way of the peaceful warrior and and uh, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance and all the road less traveled books and fire in the belly and you know I read them. I read all those books. So it's like, oh no, I'm fine. I've got this. Right. And then you have the seminars, which if you really take the word seminar, you break it down into its two component parts, semi and arse. It means you have a half-ass discussion. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was going to be serious for a second. Oh, he's serious. Uh, um, yeah. And I had done other, you know, I had sat in a couple of men's groups and, and it was like, and, and I had done some other things and, and, you know, like done some other personal development processes you know, Landmark. I did Landmark way back when. I love Landmark. Landmark was great. 
I had great wake-ups. I had some great experiential wake-ups on Landmark, and it didn't stick, you know, because it was stuck in my head. I was like, it just encouraged me to stay stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, now we're through your ordeal, we're through the celebration, and then Sunday becomes about integration. Sunday becomes a, another thing that, that men are not really encouraged to do is like get back in touch with the earth, like really grounded, really grounded in where am I? What's north? What's east? What's west? What are the, what are the uh, what's around me? What's the bigger picture? What am I connected to? How am I connected to my ancestors? Kind of the, you know, in a in a Native American sense, and there are some there are some Native American kind of tie-in that comes through old teachers um, who were around at the very beginning of the MKP, at the very beginning of the Mankind Project, and now we have this ongoing legacy in Pine Ridge with the Lakota people. So there's some connection there that we have about uh, we where we created a process with Lakota people and we're blessed by Lakota people to do a particular process that we do on the weekend now that helps men get regrounded and recentered a purification, purification and renewal. Um, that was like, again, for me, first time experience. And like the universe, I am not a religious person. I am the opposite of a religious person. And, and yet, spirit is there. And yet, you know, my connection was like, ugh, opened up again, heart opened. So there's the whole weekend. There it is. I just gave you the whole experience of the weekend. And now you have to come do it to actually experience it. Yeah, and that's, that's the point I really want to make. Like, yes, you've described something, but that is not the experience. And it really is. And, and I want to stress one thing and make sure that I understand this. This is all about a space for each man to decide what it means to be a man. It's not that the Mankind Project has some, here's what we think a man is, and we instill it into you. No. So, you know, I, when I talk about masculinity, I talk about masculinity as the socialization that we are all, that we all go through in our culture, right? Masculinity is a cultural construct. And for me, like, unpacking that cultural construct, unpacking masculinity then I get freed up to say, okay, what do I, what is it going to be healthy for me? What is going to be healthy? Does it feel better for me to have, you know, emotional, and I'm not going to say that MKP doesn't have values because we have values. They're on our website, you know, emotional intelligence, connection, authenticity, accountability, service, generosity. These are the values that are on our website. So there, this is a values driven organization. Absolutely. And there are, there are, you know, person, tattooed personal trainer guys that make me a little ill to see how friggin' stacked they are. And there are regular old guys and there are, you know, there are all kinds of men. There's guys from, from 18 to 82 from all different walks of life, from all different ethnic spectrums, from all different socioeconomic spectrums, from all different orientation spectrums, you know, guys all over the place in terms of, and who are you as a man? And let's sit together in circle. Cool. 
You know what I really love about those values that you have is that those values are broad enough, they're specific and yet they're broad enough to allow every individual who goes through the process to define that and to in integrate those, the, that into their lives in a way that makes them part of the greater whole. Yeah. I yeah. Love, I love that. And, it, and it's personal development. So, you know, what's in your toolbox now? And could, could you imagine a world, can you imagine a world where you, dude, awesome, brilliant, on fire man, had a couple more tools, had, had more experience, you know? Have enough tools, you know? Right. Tools are like toys for us in many ways. Yeah, and, and practice. And that's, you know, my, my men's group, so the new warrior training was awesome. And my men's group, I've been going to a men's group for 12 years now. And I have a community of practice. Um, when, I, when I screw up, I have a place to go to own my screw-ups and to look at what gets in my way, to look at the shadows, Jungian archetypes, Jungian psychology, look at the shadow, those things that I hide, repress, and deny. Those parts of myself that I keep back here that I don't want to look at and that I certainly don't want you to see, I'm going to take that out here in front of me and I'm going to own it. And I'm going to take a look at it and I'm going to see how it's been driving my choices and then see if this is what I want, you know, and, and that's not to say I'm going to get rid of it, but I'm going to look at it. <laughs> right here. Yeah, I've been to lots of different personal growth events and yes, so many people, you know, they're high, they're like, Oh, this is awesome. And a week later, they're back wherever they were because there was no continuing support. There was no integration. Yeah. So, so I love that you have it all set up to be to be there for integration is wonderful you guys know dan siegel yes dan siegel this is his parenting book no drama discipline it's a good it's a good it's an excellent book um dan siegel talks a lot so he's the brain guy right he's the brain guy he's the he's the brain model guy with your fist um and his kind of like his hedgehog is integration his hedgehog is is about figuring out how to integrate all these pieces of the brain and integrate your body. And, you know, he talks a lot, he talks about, you know, the incredible wealth of neurons. This is, so here's your second brain that's happening here and the incredible wealth of neurons happening down here. Here's your third brain. So we're our gut brain, our heart brain, our head brain. And how do we integrate all the way back from that reptilian you know, I'm, I'm a hundred million years old brain to, um, to this big, beautiful, monstrous thing that makes more neurotic creatures than anything else on the planet, right? So how do we integrate all of that so that we are using the gifts that we have uh, in the most effective way? And that's, to me, it's like, that's, there's the sales pitch, right? So do you want more access to what's going on in your body and in your mind and in your heart and, and in your environment than you have right now? So here's an opportunity for that. Yeah. Very cool. And, and to make it, so you didn't see, oh, Mankind Project has a job, I think I'll apply. You, you had your experience as a regular dude going through shit and came in that way, right? Yeah, and, and we, yeah, regular dude going through shit, right? When do, when, when do creatures evolve? Creatures evolve when their environment gets uncomfortable enough 
<laughs> they're forced to evolve. So, you know, I waited as long as I could um, <laughs> before, before it got uncomfortable enough. And that's how it is for a lot of guys. And, it, you know, it just depends. Your, uh, what you experience as uncomfortable may vary. So, you know, what you experience as uncomfortable may be losing everything mm-hmm. and, and losing your, your job and your wife and your house and your, and, you know, everything. Or it may be like, oh, I have this subtle, empty thing going on that I'd like to explore a little bit more of. Or, you know, my leadership. Say again? Pain threshold. Physical pain threshold. Yeah, totally. You're going to be popping into my head. It's like, that's a great way of explaining it. Yeah, because for a lot of guys, like, this is, there are highly, I'm going to use this, uh, yeah, so they're highly evolved evolved there are highly evolved guys who you know mkp becomes one of those things that they just go to their buddies and say hey yo dude is you gotta check this out you gotta check this out and for other guys it's like i was desperate and i didn't know what else to do you know and it takes takes either it goes either way on that what the hell was i saying I was talking about being in I group and community practice and being in men's groups. I've got a place to go. I've got a place to go. Yeah. I've got, I've got a community of brothers. These are the guys who were at my wedding. These are the guys who facilitated my wedding. <laughs> you know, my, my mentors, my elders, my, my little brothers, my mentees. Um, and you know, these are the guys who helped me move into my house. And, and when I need to go, I'm an adoptive dad, I'm an adoptive father. And sometimes that's a hard road. And when I need a place to go and break down, I don't have to put all that on my wife. My wife doesn't have to bear responsibility for my emotional reality. Like most guys, a lot of us married guys, guys in relationship, like all of a sudden, oh, yay, I'm not responsible for my emotions anymore. I get to put them all on my wife. Yay, I get to put them all on my partner. God forbid I get to put them all on my kids. Yeah. Yeah. The burden of my emotional reality, the burden of my past, the burden of my trauma. God forbid I put that on my kids, right? I've got a place to go. And not, not put the burden on anyone, the place for the burden to be just released. The place for the burden to be released. And, and uh, a guy I love, Mike Herstoski, who's a men's coach. He's an MKP guy, also a new warrior. Um, and he talks about crying. He, he has a phrase, cry your way to the top. And he's like, what the hell is our expectation as men that we don't cry? Like, cry your way to the top, dude. Crying is as natural as pissing. Yeah. Like, do you expect you're going to go through life not peeing? No. Why would you expect anything else about tears? Tears are natural. You were born with them. My, my, my dad's been involved in AA for as long as I've been alive. Yeah. And he, he's, uh, his, his wife is dying right now. And he's been afraid to go to meetings because he's been afraid of showing emotion. And I was like, what the hell has been the point of 40 years of meetings if you don't feel it can show emotion there? And I was just really yeah. shocked. I thought, I thought the self-help groups, I thought all that was a place to be like that, but perhaps it isn't. Or he's, you know, felt, because he, he leads a lot of groups. Maybe he feels now that as a leader, I can't look like someone in need anymore. But I, I was just amazed by that statement from him. 
it's still, there's still such a taboo. And I think, you know, it's less for, it may be less for some millennial men, I would say, um, depending on what socioeconomic stratus you're in or, or what community you grow up in. But I think there are millennials out there who are much more awake about this stuff than, than I was when I was younger. And there's such a taboo on that release. Uh, there's such a taboo on just being able to let it go. And what if we flipped the whole entire script and said, you know what, in order to be considered a strong man, in order to be considered a man who has balls, you cry. Like, and it's all right. Yeah. And you know what else? I will even hold you as you do it. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Crying is a bit, that, that's really, that is what real men feel is about to me. Like, I would love to have huge stadiums full of people, men, men crying. Right. Get on stage and watch everyone and oh, you when you cry and you don't die. Right? That's and that's wonderful because what that's what we don't okay. Initiation, right? So MKP is billed as kind of an initiation for men. It's an initiation for adult men. It's an initiation into heart, mind, spirit, right? Um, we have lots of initiations. Football is a, an initiation right? Being a, being a fan, right? Who do we allow to cry? Do we allow sports figures to cry? Yeah, we do. Yeah. 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 When they get broken or when they celebrate, yeah. we allow them to cry. That's okay. So like we create ways, we create sneaky little ways to break the taboo, mm -hmm. you know, but why not just go for the thing? Yeah. Go for the like pets, sports, births, there aren't many more for the average guy that right. won't be made fun of, won't, won't feel like he's possibly going to be made fun of. But it's yeah. such, such a bind that we put ourselves in. And I, I love how you, you, know, you brought up the millennials. It's interesting how older generations, pretty much Generation Y, X, and baby boomers have all kind of like paint millennials as this big monolithic group that, you know, feel our times entitled and everything else. And in, in, no, by, by no means. Uh, yes, I've, my experience has been that they are more aware. They are definitely more willing to cha challenge those societal norms and challenge us in the process of doing so. Um, but yeah, I've, been, I've encountered so many people, especially, I don't know if this has been your experience, especially being around the world, where there are some of the greater challenges of being able to open up that safe space for men to be able to feel, to express their emotions, to even cry, where there are certain cultural influences. Even within the United States, you have regions oh, yeah. and pockets and communities where it just isn't allowed. It's so taboo. What has been your experience in being able to either address those taboos head on or find ways around them? Yeah, I think you have to go where, in some way, you have to meet a man where he is. And and I'm sure that you guys have heard that said a lot. And that can be easy in some contexts and very difficult in others. You know, for, for a fairly privileged bunch, you know, in Maslow's hierarchy here in the United States, there are an awful lot of mainly white, middle class or upper middle class, educated, um, folks who uh, 
they have access, right? The, the lower stuff is kind of taken care of and the self-actualization at the top of Maslow's hierarchy becomes like their base point, their starting point. Even as kids, it's like their starting point is self-actualization. How cool is that? That's great. Now go to the other 90% of the United States. You know, now go four miles from me here in Springfield, Massachusetts, where 18-year-olds are shooting each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sorry, but like all of my touchy-feely stuff does not play there. Yeah. yeah. So, but there may be other ways of accessing that, right? So what if I frame it as like, oh, hey, dude, you're a slave to your emotions and you don't even know it. Like you go around, if you're going around uh, with, you know, putting, putting guys down for their emotions or feeling that toughness is all that you can show and feeling that like this, like anger, anger and intimidation and domination are all you have. You're a slave. You're not free. You're not tough. Yeah. You're enslaved by this incredibly narrow little slice of what's available to you. And it's hard. Maybe you don't see that now, but there is something else, you know, and like the fully rational man at the other end of the spectrum. So now we go ivory tower academic, right? Same thing. You're a slave. (laughs) You're a slave to this little thing sitting right here, you know, and there's more available. And it's interesting because sometimes the academics are even more of a challenge than the hardcore street kids. Yeah. I call it that the process by analysis because they're so used to just looking at everything and arguing over everything and try to analyze it. They need that, that not only the experiential, but they need the evidential stuff there as well. It has yeah. to be felt and observed and, and replicated and everything else. And boy, that can, that can really be a, a challenge at times. Oh yeah, I'm a head case often, so you know, head cases are sometimes hard to get around. I love the head cases, honestly. Those are my those are the favorite types of folks I love to work with. Yeah, it's like being challenged, mm. you know, really creates an opportunity to create the dialogue to explore, especially when you're challenged in a way that's not threatening. And I'm, and it sounds to me from all from our conversation so far that everything that MKP is, is built around is to challenge us to grow as men in a non-threatening way. Hmm. Yeah, you're invited, and <laughs> and uh, that's a yes from my. Yeah, that's just like <laughs> yeah, that's you know that's the question. Are you willing? Are you willing to do? Are you willing to do what it takes to grow? Are you willing to do? And when you get to the end of the road. Um, yeah, I've lost, yeah, yep. I lost a father-in-law and a stepdad in the last three weeks. And, um, when you get to the end of the road, what do you want to have left unsaid? Nothing, ideally. Right. Yeah. What do you want to, what do you want to leave? What do you want to leave as the, as the, the feeling in the heart of those that you loved? And, and if there's a way for you to, to do something for yourself that is going to bring more of you to the world for those people you love, or is going to bring more to the world because damn, the world needs it. Yeah. 
It's what I call being selflessly selfish. Yeah. You think about yourself enough to basically focus on yourself in a way that shares the best aspects of yourself. Yeah, beautiful. How do you bring your gifts? Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, this has been fantastic, boys, and, and I want to thank you. you. You've shattered a lot of the myths and incorrect theories I had of what the Mankind Project certainly was. You know, I was part of the belief of, oh, it's some like weird little cult or only a certain subsect of men is, it's for them and it's not for me. And um, but, uh, so thanks for breaking that open. And I hope you've done the same for, for our listeners. What, what's the best way for people to get more information? Uh, go to our main website is mankindproject.org, mankindproject.org, or check us out on Facebook facebook.com slash the mankind project the mankind project um yeah we we have about 1.4 million fans on our facebook page we we are on social media a lot um you can always find us there and yeah we are in we've got 30 how many 32 33 training centers in the united states we run about 75 new warrior trainings there are 700 men's groups. There's likely a men's group fairly close to you. So check us out. Yeah. So I invite everyone to check them out. Um, I'm going to check them out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get in here. All right. Good. You got two new recruits. I, I out of time, so I already, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, there's some stuff here I want to experience. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it, it's a great, it's a great experience. It is a great experience. Awesome. So thank well, you guys. I appreciate you inviting me. And uh, keep up the good work. We shall. And, uh, and thank you too. And um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really intrigued to, to learn more and check it out. And I love how your service is all driven by the people that go through the program. Mm, yeah. So it's, so it's almost like someone has a great idea and the, the whole group gets behind it or agrees. And now you have a different arm and a different division that's part of you, it seems. Keeps shifting. Yep. Keeps shifting. Keeps growing. Keeps changing. Rock on. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So I invite everyone to join us next Tuesday, September 13th. We'll be live again at 5 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Real Men Feel. We'll have returning guest, relationship, co relationship coach, Jeff Lofton, who is actually the person that introduced me to Boysen. Yes. Jeff Lawton. I love Jeff. Yep. I've been in circle uh, with Jeff several times. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, he's and awesome. we'll be questioning the rules that bind our relationships and dull our sex lives. So it's a sex show. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> Um, thanks again, Boysen. Um, everyone listening, learn more about Boysen and the Mankind Project at mankindproject.org. And learn more about Real Men Feel at realmenfeel.org. Join our private Facebook group. Let us know what you thought about this show, future shows. You can catch all the past episodes at realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. And we hope to be in touch with you again really soon. And uh, thank you, Apio, for joining once again and always being here. And Boysen, one more time. Thanks for joining us and sharing all of your insight. Fun talk. I enjoyed it. Beautiful. Thank you, guys. Be well, everyone.